Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 2, and we've come to verses 4 and a text that we'll go through verse 10 today. But God. Let's bring it all and keep it in its perspective here. Paul writes to the Ephesians, the Holy Spirit through Paul. But remember what we studied in the first part of it. He writes to all the saints. So this is us. We should apply these wonderful truths to our lives personally. So I hope that as we study this, you'll you will absorb this as a personal word from the Holy Spirit of God. Remember how it started out in verse in chapter one. You are chosen before the foundation of the world. Predestined through adoption in Christ Jesus. Who through his blood has redeemed us. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption who has been deposited into our lives personally as a pledge, as an earnest payment to the great day that is coming. Then after that, in the rest of Ephesians 1, Paul says, I'm going to pray. I am praying that you can understand all that you are in Christ. These are deep truths. These are things that are difficult to understand. And only the Holy Spirit can help us to understand these things. And so Paul says, I'm praying for you that you can contain the greatness and the wonder of who God has made you in Christ. Because your life in Christ personally, you can insert your name there began in the love of the Heavenly Father before the foundation of the world. That's a hard thing to grasp. Most of the time, most of us, thinks that, most of us think that it happens along the way. God doesn't take a chance, of course, with His own. So we in Christ are the elect of God... From before the foundation of the world. I don't understand all of that. I just know that it's true because the Bible teaches it. And I come to realize that I, I, I cannot know or understand my need for Christ unless he reveals it to me. Because then it moves into the first part of chapter 2 which we looked at last time. And he said, you're dead in trespass and sin. There's nothing you can do dead in trespasses and sins. You were children of wrath, to summarize the next couple of verses. You were children of wrath. You walked according to the prince, the power of the age. And the spirit works now in the sons of disobedience, the children of disobedience in the world. You walked according... To a depraved mind, the lusts of the flesh and the desires and the will of what you, are, what you were in a fallen state. 
So here's what we're, this is, this is, this is where the transition starts right here in the first part of verse 4. Well, how could I have moved from deadness in sin, a depraved mind, having no life at all, not even knowing or caring about something called faith or salvation or sin or any of those things, not even applying them to myself, walking according to the desires and lusts of my flesh, as my old nasty fallen mind controlled me according to the power of the prince of the air, Satan. How can I move from that to understand what was said about me in the first part of chapter 1? Well, here it is, by the power of God. But God... We're going to extract 11 thoughts from these verses. We'll move through it quickly because one just easily flows into the other. But God. The world doesn't understand those two words. Doesn't apply to them. They can't understand the scripture because they are still dead in trespass and sin. The living word only speaks to the living believer, the regenerate, born-again believer. The living word really falls meaningless upon someone who is dead. He can't hear it. He can't see it. He can't observe it. He can't discern it. He's dead. But God, this is how it moves in my life from the promises of Ephesians 1 to the truth about me in my fallen state in the early part of Ephesians 2, what's the difference? The intervention of the grace of God. But God. Here is the power that works. Mercy. Love. And life that is given to me. From dead to alive. Let's start with thought number one. But God, why? Why am I no longer in the early part of Ephesians 2? And why am I understanding now and basking in the eternal truth of the promises that are given? The truth, not just the promises, but the truth given about me in the early part of Ephesians 1. The intervention of God. Why? Number one, because he is rich in mercy. Being rich in mercy. Ele, ele, the Greek word means compassion. When I was in seminary, one of my Greek professors, we were studying this word. And it was, it was out of the uh, Sermon on the Blessed and the Merciful. We were studying the root word of mercy in our, in our Greek class. It was drawn from the word eleemon, which speaks of being merciful, having mercy. And he went back into his studies of the old Greek that moved from, from Koine to classic, classic, but he talked about how the Greeks, and he had old writings that he read from, extra biblical writings, but they, they sort of 
gave us what the Greeks thought about the word back in the, those days. The, the word to the Greek spoke of someone who was so compassionate that he had to experience life the way this person experienced life. And it was as though he tried his best to project himself to the inside of the skin of this person so that he could feel his hurts, understand his thoughts, reflect upon where he's been and where he wants to go. And in putting himself in the life of another person, understanding that person, now able to have compassion and mercy. Well, of course, God did that for us in Christ. Why has God done that? Well, for what purpose? How, how is this resultant in my life? Number one, because God is rich in mercy. Now, you know, you think of God, boundless, infinite God. And then you apply a word like rich or wealth or something to God. <laughs> it's very hard to explain or imagine the wealth of God. But all that God is in his richness, he has extended to me. He's been merciful to me. There have been a lot of things wrong in my life. There will be a lot of things as long as I continue to live and, and draw breath. Even though I am in Christ, yet still I struggle in this present life. As Paul writes about in Romans 7, this body of death. I still struggle with this, deal with this along my life. But God has promised to crawl inside my skin. And see it from my perspective and deliver me from it because number one, he is rich in mercy. Number two, because of his great love with which he loved us. Now there, there's another word to apply to the greatness of God. God is, God is great. We can't imagine. There's no greatness above the greatness of God. And God is great in his love toward us. Put this in the whole context of Ephesians chapter 1 through into this passage we're in here. Ephesians 2. This means, now you understand this is in the, this, this is in the aorist tense in the Greek. Here's what that means. That means it was a one-time effective Successful action. God has declared his love for me. It will never stop. It's effective. It's successful. So before the foundation of the world. Now you understand the depth of that thought. We, we talked about this. The foundation of the world speaks of a blueprint. To speak to us. From a man's perspective, and it's, it's hard, we, we can't crawl into the mind of God. But to try to understand it the best way we can, it's telling us God, because the Son of God, God the Son, is the agent of creation. 
It is by the will of God the Father. God the Father with the Son would design creation. And what, when we see before the foundation of the world, it means that the blueprint hasn't even been written yet. I, I don't know. I don't know what realm that would be in. It's before the time-space continuum, before the foundation of the world, before, even before the blueprint was written. I can't explain that. It's way beyond me. But I know this much because I've just been told. Even before he wrote the blueprint, he held me in his arms and loved me. This is probably a crude illustration and you can throw eggs at me if you want to and if you brought some. Or tomatoes or whatever. Don't throw a bottle of water, those are hard. <laughs> and mine has ice in it. Pat and I were having children before there were sonograms. Am I right? Yeah. So you kind of had to flip a coin or something, you know, blue or pink or be safe with yellow. But these days, you can see your baby before it's born. Even before sonogram, and we knew that we were going to have a baby, you loved that baby. You loved it. You made preparations for it. You longed to have it with you and to be with you. Before there was anything in the realm only, only which God can know in which only God can exist, before the foundation of the world, before it was even blueprinted, God in His way held me in His arm. Me. I'm not talking about a generic Somebody who finally comes to Christ and thus is in Christ. We studied the pronouns earlier. This is a very personal thing. It means you, who you are, me, who I am. It means that God Almighty held Charles Owens cradled in his arms in a realm that only God knows and in a way that only God could do before the foundation of the world. Do you think God is going to let anything happen to me? Mm -mm. So, how have I moved from the deadness of sin to the reality of what God ordained before the foundation of the world? Because of mercy? Because of His great love with which He loved us? And because of grace. Here it is. We, even being dead in trespasses, even though I was dead in trespass, He made us alive with Christ. By grace, you are saved. That will never end. It only 
has a line to which can be traced before the foundation of the world into the heart of God. That's where my story begins with Christ. In Christ. Always with Christ. What's going to happen to me? Look to Christ. Where am I? Look to Christ. Look to Christ. What happened to my sin? Look to Christ. What about my resurrection? Look to Christ. Eternal life? Look to Christ. New heaven, new earth? Look to Christ. I am with Christ. Because God is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. And because of his grace. He gave me life. He has made us alive with Christ. How alive is Christ? Oh. He is forever alive. By grace. You're saved. You are saved. Alive with Christ. So then, it's all of God and none of me. Nothing I can do to save myself. Nothing I can do to keep myself saved. Listen, there's, well, I'll get to that in a minute. It's on another slide. Thought number four. He raised us up together and seated us together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Raised and seated. There again is the aorist tense in the Greek. We don't have that in the English. But it speaks of a one-time, effective, successful action. It's been done. My salvation goes from everlasting to everlasting. That's why it's called eternal life. It's, it's, it's in God before the foundation of the world. It's with God. It's, it's part of his thought and plan and purpose. And it never stops. Now, I'm already in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, what is, how, do you, how do you, okay, here's what, to me, here's what it is. I go to my closet and pray. And I'm talking to my God. I'm in the heavenly realm. I serve Christ. My service is in the heavenly realm. I'm no longer living according to this world. My citizenship is in heaven. My life is in the heavenly realm. My eternal God who gave to me my eternal life in all eternity sees me already raised and seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is where I live. This world is not my home. My home is in heaven. This is where my family is and being gathered. 
This is where I am now in the sight of God and shall forevermore be raised and seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. That's where I am. That's where I live. That's where I belong. By the will of God, that is where I am forever and shall be forever. Now, why? In order that he might show in the ages. Okay, let me say this. I'm already in the ages. That entice uh, Elson in the ages. We've talked about the thought of ages. But there will be ages into ages. There is yet another age after this age. And still referencing that age, the new heaven and the earth, within the new heaven and the new earth, the Bible teaches still of ages of ages. I don't know exactly what that is, but it means something about continuing to grow infinitely by the power of God. I will reach an apex in the immediate age after this age and grow in the Lord. And then after that, a new age in which I will grow to a yet greater apex. And this goes on forever and ever. You know, you will never exhaust the riches of his grace. You will never exhaust the knowledge of who God is. You can't do it because there's the law of cause and effect. He's the cause with the effect. The effect can never be as great as the cause. But we will spend eternity learning more and more about God. Filling in more and more of the blanks of his grace. Why me? Why, why am I joined to election and adoption by your predetermination? Why? It will be sweeter and greater and sweeter and greater. So here is why God has done what he has done for me. He took an old wretch. Why me among others? And so, I don't know. I just don't know. I can only say it's grace. And he will show in all of the ages that are coming the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The surpassing riches of his grace. Here's what that means. In the ages that are coming. Just when we think God couldn't do anything any better for us. He does something better for us. Eternally. That he might show his kindness toward me in Christ Jesus. 
that he might show. He is, he is bound by his word to be eternally kind to me. What kindness will I need in an age to come? Whatever it is, he'll give it to me. I can't work for it. He just gives it to me. Just gives it to me. <laughs> you know, just, we're, in the, we're in the time where we're thinking about Christmas and Christmas presents. You know, there are people. And my, my daddy was like, this, you, what, what are you going to give? You know, we, Big Daddy Paul there, my daddy, he, he was the source of everything in our family, you know. Some people just can't give a Christmas gift to. Well, that's like, God, what you going to give God? What does he need from you? Nothing. He gives. He is a source of everything. And it pleases him. It is in his will, his pleasure. It pleases him to be kind toward us. Via the surpassing riches of his grace. Toward us. In Christ Jesus. This kindness and surpassing riches of grace will be heaped upon us in the ages that are coming. Into the ages of the ages of the ages. Now here it is. Why? How? Because you're saved by grace through faith. Faith. Faith is a gift. A dead thing cannot have faith. Faith is a gift. The Bible teaches us, it even says so here, that faith is not of yourselves. How can this unbelievable, profound Richness in Christ that started in a realm I cannot understand before the foundation of the world and continues to the ages, 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 forever. How is this applied to me? I watch, I watch Nutrisystem commercials on television. I don't do anything about it. <laughs> I just think, poor idiots, they're not enjoying life like I am, man. No, I don't think anybody's near. But I tell you this. Here's this guy. And I kind of like him because he's kind of simple. He lost 30 pounds. He said, it's easy. It's not complicated. You eat the food. You lose the weight. <laughs> I may try that sometime. I don't know. You know what my excuse is. At my age, my skin would sag so bad I'd have to have follow-up surgery or something. That's, that's my excuse. So I won't be tight and taut for the rest of my life. I, I even thought that one was funny. Okay. <laughs> it's not complicated. If God has awakened you out of the deadness of sin, 
You know what? You know what will happen? He won't awaken you out of the deadness of sin unless he gives you the gift of faith. You will believe. It's not complicated. Have you been able to believe? Then you are in Christ. And all of these profound riches of grace are yours. It's easy. Believe the word. Take the grace. The riches. They're yours. For by grace you are saved through faith. Thought number seven. This not of yourselves. You cannot transform your life. You cannot make yourself be born again. You cannot transport yourself into the heavenlies. You cannot claim to exist into the ages of the ages. God has to provide all of that for you. God. Not of yourselves. Fault number eight. It is the gift of God. Now let me. Todoron. Gift. The, 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 the depth of that word means sacrificial gift. It is the sacrificial gift of God. Gave his only son. Thought number nine. Not as a result of works, so that no one will ever be able to boast into the ages of the ages. Listen. Boast. May boast. Kokesatai. May tis kokesatai. Not anyone may boast, so that no one may boast. Hina, so that. But the word I'm talking about is kokesada, all right? It means to vaunt yourself, to be vaunted, to vaunt, to uplift, to glorify. There is no glory that is mine. Not as a result of works, so that no one may glorify himself, may vaunt himself, may boast. For we are his workmanship. He is in the process of conforming us into the image of Christ. We are his workmanship. I didn't have anything to do with it. Having been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Which he predestined. Prepared beforehand. Good works. When you're born again, you're a new creature. And let me tell you this. God gives you gifts. You have spiritual gifts. I have spiritual gifts. It is such a natural part of the born again person. That this born again person exercises that gift and doesn't even realize that he's performing a good work because this thing this thing was joined in with his salvation by grace this is part of who he is in Christ it will happen if God prepared it beforehand God will give the gift and then give the power the energy 
to do it, to perform it. So people are serving Christ in all kinds of ways, but it is not us. It is Christ in us. These are the works of Christ. So even then we can't boast. Which God prepared beforehand, final thought, that we should walk in them. It's a long word there. Peripatesomen. Peri means around, and the root of the other word means to tread. We tread around and walk about in the good works which God prepared for us in Christ beforehand because we are His workmanship, not our own. There's nothing you can brag about. Matter of fact, you just live the Christian life. God works through you in your service. You don't even think, you don't even think about deserving something for what you've done in Christ. This is part of who you are. How have I moved from the deadness of trespass and sin into this wonderful preordained life in Christ? God. We're back to the original thought in verse 4. But God. You were in those lusts and desires and in that fallen mind. But God. What God determined in eternity, He will fulfill through time and into eternity. Because of who he is. And so the glory will always belong to God. We have this great gospel of Christ to preach and to proclaim to everybody. We just be busy proclaiming the gospel. And God will save as he sees fit. But God. We're about to dismiss, but as we dismiss, if you're here today without Christ, and the conviction of God has come upon you, or perhaps you're here and you have received Christ, but as a believer you've never been baptized, or as a believer you feel God's direction to come and be a member of this church. We will attend to those as you exit our deacons. Some of our deacons and their wives will be in two rooms here as you exit. And if any one of those describe how you feel today to be saved, to follow the Lord in baptism, to become a member of this church, any one of those, they are prepared to sit there and listen and talk to you about it. Okay? Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father God in heaven, what can we say for what you have done for us except to say hallelujah and amen? 
Lord, we will spend forever giving you praise and offering worship to you and thanking you for what you have made us to be in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You're dismissed. And don't forget, if you need to talk to our deacons, they're sitting there waiting for you, okay?